Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, some major things to discuss this episode. We've got the national title, which now feels like forever ago. We have, of course, of course Nick Saban retiring and then uh, Florida State sanctions. But before we get into all of that, even more importantly, that's right. got to announce some winners. Yeah, we had uh, the the two pools that we had. One, the, the season-long college football bros pick them and the winner the entry name was quinn ewers is horny so (laughs) love it well done did very well even on a national level he was in like the top 500 nationally so bravo quinn ewers is horny um and then in the bowl mania pool that we had deke town 1648 which we believe is one of our patrons kenny uh, got the win in that one. So congrats to both of you guys on that. The prestigious season yes. long and bull mania called football bros. But all right. It, it well, does let's... feel, it does feel super long ago, Michael, that national title with all the other news that's happened. I know. I know. It's like, we're kind of, uh, we kind of missed the boat on talking about that. It's, it feels well, like, but you only had like a day. <laughs> I know we got to give our thoughts here though. So Michigan won 34, to 13 beating washington just what'd you think track yeah i mean the the right team certainly won and jesse minter and michigan's defense was the star i mean they just kept harassing Penix. he was never comfortable and granted you know Penix wasn't on he missed some throws no doubt but you know michigan's pressure had something to do with that uh mm-hmm. he you know he could barely walk at the end they were they i also know noticed like they were so good on open field tackles like you know washington's accustomed to yeah. to kind of getting the the yards after catch that they just really weren't able to get in this game that the defense was just relentless and then like you know early on michigan the first quarter they were just running wild donovan edwards going nuts Blake corner long run you kind of thought you know good night this is a bloodbath but you know washington found themselves kind of hanging in there because from a metric standpoint going into the, this game, the end result really shouldn't be surprising. But as the game unfolded, until the mid-fourth quarter, it was one of those games where Michigan was kind of dominating and they were the better team, but Washington was just hanging around. Mm-hmm. And you started I started to think, like, they're going to pull another one out of their hat here. Like, they're it's just the magic of the season that they've had. But especially since, like, Michigan's offense throughout most of the game outside of the first quarter really didn't do a whole lot. And then in the end, the, the last few drives of the fourth, they, they got into gear. Yeah. Like the final score of this game is in, in one sense, it's misleading in that it, it looks like a blowout, but really yeah. it was, you know, deep into the fourth quarter, it was still a game, but at the same time, it also feels right because Michigan yeah. really dominated the game. Uh, yeah. Even if it wasn't on the scoreboard for most of it, but, uh, but yeah, I kind of ended up, I think, the score is like at the end it's like okay that looks about right that looks about right but but yeah i mean it did it looked like it had georgia tcu potential very yeah. early in the game when it was uh, uh, michigan's first two drives pretty easy both you know 240 plus yard touchdown runs by you mentioned donovan edwards and and michigan so they were up 17 to 3 and then washington kind of felt 
desperate. And so they were at, I think, Michigan's 47. They had a fourth and seven, and DeBorst decided to go for it. And at the time, I thought, this makes sense because this thing could be yeah, about to get like away from get out of hand, yeah. And Roma Dunze, you, you oh. mentioned Penix not being sharp. A Dunze wide open. <laughs> I think I said this in, in our Discord. I think that um, Grubb maybe schemed him too open because <laughs> yeah, you're right. You just you didn't know where to throw it. It's like which way is the Dunes going to run now? And Penix just, I think it was Penix's fault, but he just he just missed him, and yeah. uh, that was that was a, obviously a huge play. But you kind of thought, okay, now Michigan's going to go score a touchdown. And this thing's over. But Washington's defense for much of the game kind of yeah you know, found a way. Found a way and made the stops when they need to needed to, um, but but yeah. So at halftime it was seventeen to ten. It's like wow, how is this game? How is this actually a game? But then first play of the second half, Penix throws that pick, which live I I didn't have the sound on at this time, but and so I just kind of was almost half watching that play, and I thought oh incomplete, but it was it just did not seem like a catch. I know, I know, but he he did such a good job staying in bounds because you kind of thought, yeah. okay, I, you kind of tell he probably caught it, but you thought, oh, his shoulder hit out or something. But uh, that was, and it was just such a bad because he he kind of like triple clutched um, mm-hmm. the and it just he and then I I don't know if his intention was yeah it was just it wasn't good all the way around and that that pretty much. Well, it still didn't end it. It didn't. Yeah, you thought that was going to seal it, but yeah. they held him to a field goal, and then they got a field goal themselves. So it was a seven point yeah. game again. And but but yeah, Washington just wasn't sharp. Like they just missed their opportunities. Like you said, they had so many opportunities down seven to tie the game. And I, you did think, even though it felt like Michigan, I mean, it re- it never really felt like Washington was was going to win or even tie it. But at the same time, the more opportunities they got, it was like one of these times they might score. Yeah, well, like because at the end of the first half, when it was it was seventeen three, and Michigan actually went forward on a fourth and short and didn't get it, and it's like mm-hmm. if Michigan had got that, and they go down and make it twenty to three, twenty four three, then it's really lights out. But credit to Washington, they came down and they scored on they went for it on fourth and goal and scored, and that's when I thought, okay, like and knowing that they were going to get that the the kickoff in the the second half, you're like, yeah, they're yeah. they're here. But to your point about the Washington, like they had in the second half, early in the fourth quarter, they had that Will Nixon dropped mm-hmm. just an easy first. He, he just started running with the ball without taking it. And then everyone kind of talked about that, the controversial hold on the, yeah. they actually did complete a long pass to Adunze, but I think it was the right call. You can argue whether or not they were calling it both ways, but in that particular well, you one, can't even argue. I mean, Michigan got away with some holds for sure. Yeah. No, I I'm not discounting that, but that one that one sucked for Husky fans. But it, yeah. I mean, it was a hold. But yeah, uh, and then Penix, there was another play where he didn't see a tight end wide open down the middle of the field. Now that was because Michigan's pressure got to him right away. So again, yeah, credit to was, Michigan defense. He was because even on um, when they were down at the end, when they were down two scores, and they 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 quickly drove down the field. He ended up throwing an interception, but he threw it into triple coverage when he actually had his main man, Odunze, wide open mm. on the other side of the field. And it's just but that again, it was it was the relentless pressure where I think he was going to like his first read and he's like, I just gotta get it out. And it was just one of those one of those games for for that offense. Yeah. Yeah. So And even and then I think the only other play I had was um 
late in the third quarter, they were at their own five-yard line, and J.J. McCarthy on third and 10, ran for about 25 yards, got a first yeah, down. that was big. That was they, big. They, they didn't score on that drive, but but if they had to punt from their own end zone, Washington would have had, you know, a 50-yard field at worst or something. So that was that was a big play for uh, for Michigan, but pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay, how about big picture? We, we, we discussed the, the game, but, you know, Harbaugh and uh, the – uh, the scandal, like what are your kind of closing thoughts on, on that whole situation? I don't know. I'm, I'm not probably the right person to ask. I just, cause I was kind of over it. After, well, you, you, know, you, you, you're the co-host of a college football that's, podcast. Yeah, that's you're true. The perfect person a lot of, a lot of clout to, to, to spew, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, I, they, I don't know. They were clearly the best team this year. They deserved, they deserved to win. And especially like most of the controversy, happened you know in the first half of the season and the their brutal slate was at the end of the year yeah um where they had to go through penn state ohio state uh the big 10 championship and then the playoff like they just they just clicked them off and they they earned it i don't know they earned it agreed agreed that's that's why I, i can't decide for anybody else whether they put an asterisk on this national title but for me nah like like you said, they they earned it, so I, I don't even think about that. And, and we don't even know how much of an advantage it gave them. I tend yeah. to think not a ton because, I mean, how much better could they have been this second half of the season? I don't know. I know. And I just think, my gosh, for Michigan fans, I that, that I I watch these games, like in a game like this, I, I, I watch it through the lens of like what it would be like if that was my team. Mm-hmm. And like I, I said it a couple of years ago when Georgia with Keely Ringo, he got the pick and then he returned it all the way. They had that like identical thing. Michigan, yeah. they picked it off and the guy ran, he didn't run it back. We ran it to the four or five. That whole, pl- I just like, I can't even fathom like being a Michigan fan, what that, the pure ecstasy you would have watching that play is just, ah, uh, so jealous. So jealous. yeah. It just the whole this they were a team of destiny. I know we talked about that when we were making our predictions. You before the playoff predicted Michigan to win it. I didn't yeah. I didn't go with it, but it it just it came it to fruition. Right. And and for Harbaugh, this is we've always been Harbaugh defenders and it seemed like a few years ago people were overreacting and, and you know, I I'm, I just one thing I always bring up because I just remember it, Stuart Mandel didn't have him in his top twenty five, I think oh my of his head coaches, which is just like even at the time, we're saying that's crazy. Even though, of course, we moved them down somewhat. Of course, right? Like yeah. they were, especially after the 2020 season. But uh, and I got a little bit worried that he would be fired heading into 2021. Of course, but never really doubted that he was a good coach. Like he's had no, such a history, long track record, exactly. And so I'm I'm happy to see that he got it turned around at Michigan and lived up to the hype when he when he first got there. Right? Like it. That was an A plus 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 higher. You you thought the the odds of yeah. them being very good was was high, and it it finally happened. Won a title. Yeah, and like it was it was so like the COVID year, no doubt was was really bad. But the it the whole like record against Ohio State and even a little bit against Michigan State was just so overblown. Like, I mean, J T Barrett might was probably short that one play that you know, mm-hmm. and Michigan's in the playoff that year, and or if like the trouble with the snap doesn't happen, like. It's not like they were just getting massacred in these these games. It was just the narrative was just on those one games, and I know I understand they're big, but 
but yeah, that COVID year almost almost killed him. But but yeah, he uh, ever since then they've been what three straight playoffs and now a title. Yeah. And the same thing is similar thing at least is happening to Ryan Day now on the other side. Like he's lost what is it three straight, uh, three straight yeah, games yeah. in Michigan. And it's like okay, like and everyone's yeah, not like he's acting a bum, like he's a terrible but, coach. But I'm building a scarecrow argument there a little bit, but but still. Um, but I, think I don't he, think Michigan uh, fans would appreciate me defending Ryan Day and discussing their national championship <laughs> win, so I should stop what that do you right think, now. Uh, you think he's gone? Oh, so that's yeah, that's a good question. I have no idea. He's, the, um, he's a weird dude. Yeah, but I don't know because um, Bruce Feldman. Whenever I listen to him, he seems to think he's gone. But he's he reported like what was it a couple years ago or last year that he was going to the NFL or, or really wanted to or something. So I feel like he's kind of pot committed. He kind of wants that to come to fruition. <laughs> Told you. Yeah. Um, I don't I, know. I, I guess I, it seems like people think that he will be gone. So I just kind of go along with that. But uh, I'm, yeah, he's so cryptic with his words, but I just feel like he's wired because most of us look at it through like, we're all, we love college football, of course. And like, he's at his alma mater, like what more could he ask for? But He's just one of those. Guys, he's wired, I think, to he wants that Super Bowl. It feels like yeah. I, I don't know. I, like he, like he. I don't think he gets into the nostalgia of like I'm at home and my alma mater. I don't think he cares about that. So, I said this about Stetson Bennett after he won his first title. Now would be the, the yeah. perfect time to hang it up. Like he's not, yeah. not retire in in Harbaugh's case, but go to the. Go to the yeah, NFL because you, you just beat it. Ohio State three times in a row. You won the national title. It's not like you're recruiting uh, like Alabama and Georgia do to where, like, I don't think anyone expects Michigan to, unless they step up the recruiting, like, they're not going to be the next Georgia dynasty, I don't think. I mean, yeah, maybe, no. maybe these famous last words here. So I feel like pretty good time to go to the nfl yeah. if, if and, you have and interest just, in it and it seems and, like he does he tried to go right and so yeah allegedly he was interviewing with the vikings a year or two ago yeah so he's he's had a foot out the door but i don't know if uh if this ends up being Iceland. either way whatever it's michigan fans will take it like they got an addy out yeah, of it okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah um okay well congrats congrats to michigan uh should we should we move on to Alabama taking over the uh, the headlines with Nick Saban announcing mm. his retirement. I think he said it was just kind of due to his age and maybe some health concerns. But uh, what what was your reaction to seeing that headline? Uh, I guess it, it was it was an sh- initial shock, but you do like when they're getting up in this the age like age just it's undefeated. You just it that's where it wasn't like that's where it wasn't totally completely like shocking no uh, like urban meyer when that urban yeah. meyer retiring at florida that was a, a hey a whoa i know i know our listeners love when i say where i was yes. when something happened trey do you remember where we were when we saw that we were in vegas right we were at the aria sportsbook yeah yeah that's right. <laughs> i yeah that uh but yeah where were you when but um and this time i was at work for harb or for Saban. but yeah no it's uh it's certainly surprising just because you didn't really I didn't I wasn't thinking about it at the end of the year like this is it you know you some of these some of these coaches they have that they kind of you kind of know they're having like kind of a farewell tour but he just kind of did it out of the blue yeah it sounds like he was literally he was interviewing an assistant or something like that before yeah. 
like right before he announced it was it, business just, as usual. He did the job until he was like, "All right, I'm done." But uh, yeah, he's. It's one of those things where I I feel like you're supposed to talk about how great he was and the impact he had on the sport, but it's just it's just what can you say? Like, I mean, I guess I'll say it's seven national championships and, and just the last, what was it? 16 years or ever since his second year, they were just yeah. always great. They were, they were, yeah. his worst finish in that time was 10th. And, but it was more often than not, he finished first or second. Yeah. Which and is just crazy. If you include his, what, four or five years of LSU, he was 11 and one in sec championships. Like that's yeah. Those aren't easy games, and he no. went eleven and one. <laughs> it's just he was, uh, and that one loss was to Florida and Tebow. You know, in one of his early years at Bama. So like, he was just he's just ridiculous. And I think also what what also was kind of impressive was he just he kind of changed it um, where he he had like a it was a program. It was an organization. Like he was the CEO. Yeah. He had analysts and coaches everywhere. It was like a rehab coach factory that he was able to just bring them in from pros or college, wherever it was and utilize them and get the most out of them. And then they'd go spit out and be head coaches again. Like he was, yeah. yeah. Now I'm here's, I got a take on Alabama. So like, Ooh, I, I'm so Bama obviously was a blue blood before he yeah. was there. Obviously, it is now. Like you can't question that. But I'm in terms of looking forward. I I look at this era more as this was more Saban than it was. Hundred percent agree. Hundred uh, percent. I'm right with you with this take because so from because I you look before from '95 to 2007 they weren't really relevant. Like you know they were, they were Alabama. They they still had a name, but they had a few losing seasons, a couple decent years, but never national title good. They shuffled through three coaches in that time. Now, when I'm looking ahead, it obviously depends on who the next guy is and how he kind of handles the situation. But it really wouldn't be shocking to me if if Bama trails off a bit. Like it might not happen for a couple of years just because of what he's going to inherit. But but we know that that college football is cyclical. You don't always stay on top. And I my point is just that I think more of this had to do with Saban. That you I. Yes, you you put it perfectly there. I, I wasn't even gonna bring that up a bunch here, but I think you you said it just how I would have. And I guess I would, because yeah, when you're talking about poaching other coaches, which we're about to get to, and I think a lot of people might say like, oh well, Bama's Bama's a better job than this because yeah. of the success they've had over the last twenty years. And obviously, there is some, like you say, some leftover um, benefits of that. Like, yeah. In for instance, the current roster is stacked with talent, yeah. and just the prestige of Alabama that Saban's built up is is still there. But but like I don't think Alabama is just definitely a better job than Texas, even though they've of course been way more successful the last twenty years. But uh, but like you said, a lot of that is just Saban. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess I, that just, means- I don't think people think about that. So yeah, and there is also maybe a little bit of a bias for when you were growing up with college football, when we were growing up with college football, the teams that were what the teams were doing then kind of sticks with you a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. If you're 25 years old right now, you don't know a world where Bama wasn't just dominated. Yeah, exactly. We've lived in that world. So it's just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little different. Totally. Okay. What, what about the candidates here? So we've got, 
Well, we've got some candidates that have bowed out. Yeah. Um, so Dan Lanning, of course, is that was probably that. the first. That's probably the their A one. At I was thinking, it seemed know. like it, and I think that would have been a great choice. Like I, I sure. just think because you need he's he's just of course he was a I think a graduate assistant at Bama. Yeah. He worked for he was defensive coordinator at Georgia under Kirby. So he's been in the SEC, and he's got that hunger. He's got that like he is going to recruit lights right. out. He is just a a workhorse. So I think exactly. it would have fit really well. Um, and he would have really galvanized the fan base, but Phil Knight is ponying up and, uh, and he likes what he's, I think Dan Lanning says, Hey, why do, why do I, why am I going to go follow Saban? I've got a great thing I'm building here at Oregon. I would do the same thing if I was landing. I don't want to go follow Saban at, yeah. at Alabama, but, yep. um, okay. So that's, so he said he's staying put. Um, who else? Um, Sark, I, I just saw before we came on to record this, tweeted out, it's great to be a Texas Longhorn. So it's kind of his way of saying he's staying put, which, again, that's – why would you leave Texas for Bama right now and follow Saban? Like, you've got something great you're building at Texas. That's You've got the all the resources it's, you need. Exactly. He's already proved he can recruit at Texas. They already they just made the playoff. Like, they're as good or better this current year as they were as Bama. So, yeah, he and he could be – a quote unquote hero if they end up breaking through yes. at Texas. Exactly. Um, and it's not national title or bust every year. Like it kind of is at Bama yeah, right yeah. now. Okay. Who else has anybody else bowed out? Um, I've bowed out. Oh, you're, you're not going to take the, job. I, I'm not going to take the job. I'm still in it. I would, you're still I would in consider it. it. You, you yeah, would consider would. you would, you, okay, Michael, he will move to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yep. Yes. I'll do it. I'll uh, do it. No, you but know, I mean, I'd do it other, for a million a year. I, I would. No, I'd I mean, be a that's bargain. True. I, I'll be yeah, exactly. I'll be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but I. I mean, the big names that are that have been. Well, there's a lot of big names, I guess, still left. But like, okay, let's just go through them. So Dabo Sweeney, mm-hmm. obviously a Bama alum. Um, the the lust of him has gone down a little bit the last couple of years, just because Clemson hasn't been, you know, what they were. I think for like you can tell it seems like Bama fans this, there's been a small group of them that seem like they would revolt if 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 they tried to hire I mean, him. Yeah, it seems um, like a lot of them don't don't want him. And he's just just cuz I don't think he you know he's proven he's not willing to adapt to this new era with the transfer portal and even deal with the NIL as much. Um sometimes he has thin skin, but it would be entertaining if he went there. Uh just you know from a yeah. fan perspective, but and I you could do worse obviously. He's done a great job at Clemson. Yeah, he's a great, built a great, he's great. culture. But that I agree that the the fact that he's this year still doesn't have a, a transfer portal commitment is insane to me. So if I was Bama, I'd be and it is a little wary that, of that. Like, if you said this three years ago, it's like yeah, he for sure he's he's the guy. He's going to Bama like after Saban. But kind of stuff changes fast. So okay, so there's Dabo. Um, there's two more big ones I think here. So actually three. Um, what do you think about Lane Kiffin? So if I were handicapping right now, I'd put him third uh, as far as odds of him actually being the next coach. I, right now, I'd put him third on the list in terms of likelihood. Um, he's he's done a great job at Ole Miss. Yeah. And so I think he'd be a, a good hire. He was at Alabama before, obviously, as offensive coordinator. One thing I kind of wonder about him is he 
maybe it's just because he's at Ole Miss, but I'm I've been a little bit underwhelmed by their high school recruiting the last few years. Yeah. Like, is yeah. is he still the guy that is? Like I said with Lanning, is he just a tireless worker that is just going to put in? You know, like Saban. Saban was just yeah was wanted to be involved in everything. Yeah, it was his life. I'm not sure Kiffin is that guy right now. Maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, no, that would be. It's interesting to know if 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 it's Ole Miss that's maybe holding him back in terms of the high school recruiting, or it's him. I don't know. I don't know because he's he's cleans up in the transfer portal. Yeah, but. and he had, he did complain about nil, so it seemed like he was that was sort of a bigger issue. And now that he seems to have been getting some support, at least in the transfer portal nil, they are cleaning up. So regardless, Kiffin would be a good hire, I think. Uh, obviously, he comes yeah. with uh, he's just a little bit controversial, and he was fired by Nick Saban. Yeah, but I, I feel like the the fan the I don't know about Bama fans in particular, but just the national landscape, people have really come around on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a great okay. job yeah um all right so now we've got um norvell mike norvell from florida state uh yeah. you know i am i don't know i'm on the fence about about him uh you know like a year or two ago they he wouldn't have been on this list but he's he you have to you can't argue with like he did a great job turning florida state around and you know obviously should have been a playoff team this year like I don't, it wouldn't be a bad hire. Let's put it that way. No, and the, I think and he would take the job actually, just because there's uneasiness with eight, Florida State and the ACC and how yeah, it handled, with the how, ACC and with this this well, you know, yeah, they're not huge sanctions, so it's not anything crazy. We'll get to it, but uh, yeah, I agree. He might he might take it. There's only a four million dollar buyout. I think the only buyout that was maybe something to think about was landing was twenty million. I'm sure. If, where there's a will there's a way it seems like in college football these days but uh yeah but yeah that's four million buyout that's nothing so n- yeah none of these candidates are perfect they, no. it's hard to ever have the perfect candidate every once in a while you know harbaugh to michigan okay that was at the time a perfect candidate there isn't that right now for for alabama but and that's what's kind of surprising is like, and we're going to get to one more guys like with you thought alabama okay they could get anyone they want but they're starting to get further down the list and you know there's everyone has their reasons but okay so kalen DeBoer. well wait i didn't even we, we gotta talk i gotta still gotta give some thoughts on mike norvell oh sorry i thought you would no Go ahead. i'm not done i'm not done you know me you know how wordy uh, yeah. i am <laughs> i just so <laughs> watch i just sort of like don't have anything to say about yeah, i know you just i'm worried now because actually i don't really know what i'm gonna say but what do i think about norvell he inherited an absolute mess there. Yes, and he did a great job. Now he has them. Yeah, like you said, has them almost in the playoff. And but the thing with him, I think it's also recruiting. Like there's Florida State has the potential to be a top five recruiting program. So right. from his perspective, is he not? They they took a step up this year. I think they're tenth or something like that. Is is he seeing a ceiling at Florida State? right now where he's like it's a little bit hard for me to get those five stars and hey i can go to bama and do that or is bama looking at him and saying "Ooh, why isn't he getting those five stars is it him or florida state and that's um, what our our brother ryan he was he was always kind of harping on that about florida state i don't know if his opinion changed with what happened this year but he was always saying that florida state should definitely be recruiting better yeah he's he's he was definitely very low on mike norvell and i'm sure he yeah. would be higher now but um 
Okay, that's all I had to say. <laughs> that's all right. No, I mean, he would be, I mean, he'd be a, a great hire. It's not a bad hire. It's just, it'll be, I'm just so, I'm so curious on, on where they're leaning. But Kalen DeBoer. So my thing on Kalen DeBoer, obviously an incredible coach. Our podcast for years, if you go back and listen, has been all about him. And even, you know, back to his offensive coordinator days. But if I'm Bama, I'm just looking at this from a Bama fan perspective. I would be a little hesitant. Um, he hasn't mm-hmm. been in the SEC footprint. He hasn't proven to be an elite recruiter yet. Now, obviously, that's not to say that Bama can't re- you know, recruit itself a little bit. Um, he could obviously hire a staff to help recruit. My other angle is four months ago, he would not be on Alabama's shortlist. You know, if, if Washington mm-hmm. this year, if they happen to lose a couple of those close 50-50 games that they happen to pull out, would he be a top candidate? No, he probably wouldn't. He would be a riot candidate. He would be a candidate where Bama fans would riot if you hired yeah. him. Yeah. Now, I like him. He obviously could have success there. You know, um, I would love to see if he can do it at Bama. And then, I mean, the other point, the other side of the, the hat is you could argue that he was the reason that they did win those 50-50 games, and that's that's fair. But I guess I would just be – I'm just coming at it from the point of view like it's a cautious side take, and I'm just not ready to, like, anoint him. Yeah, it is weird when, like you said, we've spent so much time hyping up Kalen DeBoer and how much we love him. And now that they made the national title, it's, it feels wrong to be on the other side where I'm like, okay, let's. he's really good, but I, I still don't know if he's a top five coach, yeah. which I just saw a list. I was on Instagram. I, it might have been 24-7 Sports or whoever, and they were they ranked the top 10 or top 15 coaches, and they had him. They had DeBoer fourth. And to me, that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He could be. Like, listen, I mean, totally. He's, his track record so far is pretty unimpeachable. Yeah, he's but, incredible. But he still has had only two years at the Power 5 level. So I, I, he's not that high for me. He's high, but, but not fourth. Yeah. So. I'm with you, and and just the it just kind of feels Kalen DeBoer almost like uh, Chris Peterson. It just kind yeah. of feels right Fit. him being at Washington. That's just kind of the right level for him, and he can he can out scheme people and make the right decisions and overachieve at Washington. Yeah, can he be the the ruthless cutthroat recruiter in the SEC? And maybe NIL makes that less important. Maybe, like you said, it's just Bama yeah. recruits itself, or NIL will. We'll take care of that. That could be the case, but uh, but yeah, I don't think it's a grand slam hire. But I think, of course, it'd be a very good. No, hire. And and the, I do want to. I would love to see it. I, I personally do want to see it just because I, I've I have liked him, and I want to see if he if he can validate it. But uh, it would just be, I would be uh, on the wait and see side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so we got to. If it's none of those guys, well, James Franklin isn't getting. A lot of talk. I, Bama yeah. fans wouldn't like that. A lot of, I think it would be a very good hire. I, I think he's uh, he's underrated by yeah by people these days. But um, he's, I guess, another name. Other than that, there's I guess it. There's also apparently Mike Loxley's getting some buzz. That he seems was, it I, seems crazy, but he was he was at Bama. Um, he's he. Um, I yeah, that's all you got. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I mean, know. he's done fine at Maryland. He's done well. But. No, yeah, I wouldn't like it, but he, his name, I've seen like a couple of different articles that have been like he's emerging. So mm-hmm. yeah, so no, yeah, that's got to throw him out there. 
I guess any well Eli Drinkwitz I've I've seen brought up, which again it's like okay, he's, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, um, if they if they got down their list, I don't. I think I think Vrabel is staying in the NFL. Um, call it. I mean, probably the Patriots. Uh, I think if he was in college, it would be. Ohio oh, isn't State. Mayo going to be the Patriots? He's like a big well, favorite. It, that's what it's looking like. Yeah, for sure it is. But I'm just talking about. Um, I personally, I think I, what I meant to say was I think he's more NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if it was college, I think he would. It would have to be Ohio State. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe Bama. And then yeah, so you've got some NFL guys, I guess that you could throw out there. Uh, and then maybe again, if you get down your list, maybe it's a coordinator. Maybe Glenn Schumann at Georgia. Um, I don't know. It's it would be surprising, but um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? They but the, the was it Greg Byrne that their athletic director yeah, he said uh, they expected or they were planning to get this wrapped up in seventy two hours is what he said to the players. That's quick. So that's aggressive. Yeah, we, we will we will see. They always what say these Maybe by the time you're listening like, to this, there's been an announcement. They always say the ads have like five names they're ready to call, but this is uh, this is tough, man. I'm a, and it, yeah, it's crazy. Well, so sometimes when these, I, ever since USC hired Lincoln Riley and LSU hired Brian Kelly, I feel like, well, we got to bring up Marcus Freeman. There's another oh, yeah, that's name right. you can throw out there. But I feel like I'm always trying to think of, okay, who's the guy that no one is saying? Yeah, I know. Is there, I haven't actually sat and thought about this much, but is there a guy that we're just not thinking of that? Well, no, but like there, you see these, all these message board things and it's like, like someone threw an Alabama fan threw out Matt rule. And it's like, it's just, I'm not saying he, he's not going to, but there's your, to your point is that there's probably some name off the radar that be like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? Right. I'm, I'm going to try and think of it right now. Is there a, why didn't I think of that name? Brian Kelly. Is he willing to, I don't think he's going to leave. He's going to try yeah. and replace. Uh, yeah. Nick Saban. Yeah, I know it's uh can't think of one. I can't think of an off no. the radar name, but Lincoln we'll Riley. See. Yeah, no, I Lincoln. No, they would not. They would not want him. No, they would not. Okay, there you have it. All right, well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's get to I, the Florida State sanctions. So, the headline from Yahoo from Ross Dellinger, NCAA. Well, I guess he doesn't write the headline, but NCAA levies significant penalties on Florida State for NIL recruiting violations so apparently their offensive coordinator alex atkins drove a prospect and his parents to a meeting with a leading member of an nil collective and at the meeting the booster offered the player it was a transfer fifteen thousand dollars a month of nil during his first year and so that's really the only thing that i can see i mean this all kind of broke before we started recording that i can that's the only kind of specific we've received as far as a violation so adkins is penalized for the first he's going to be suspended for the first three games of 2024 and given a two-year show cause also the school must disassociate from the collective for one year and fsu is also going to get two years of probation a five percent reduction in scholarships for the next two years and other recruiting restrictions my thought on this is unless there's some other detail that we don't know about right now that hasn't been reported. This is insane. Like this just seems so dumb to me. And I think a tweet by Dan Wetzel sums this up nicely. So he said, 
if an FSU assistant introducing a transfer to a school collective is the new standard of cheating, then I think we can go ahead and vacate the entire 2023 season. I know. I feel like if, if the NCAA is going to make, uh, you know, a statement on, on this NIL, it should, uh, it should have been much more egregious of an act. Yeah. This is, this This is is crazy. Seems pretty minor in the grand scheme. Like there has to be stuff going on way worse than this. (laughs) I mean, this is insane. There's got, yeah, way, way worse stuff going on. There's gotta be like, Like, this is just wild. Like you're not even supposed to be the pay for play. Isn't supposed to be a thing, but like literally every school in the country is doing, is essentially doing pay for play. So it's like, we're penalizing Florida state for, a carpool ride to the <laughs> to the booster. Like, what do we? This is and insane. and the and just the fact that it's Florida State too. Like a little tone yeah. deaf. Like like let's give them a break right now. Like <laughs> seriously, just get, cut them some slack. Also, didn't the NCAA go to Miami? Uh, that was like kind of their first move when all this NIL collective stuff was happening. How oh, what is yeah. my how does Miami getting away with whatever yeah. they're doing? And Florida State gets busted yeah. for a car ride like this. Just. It's just, just they ins- can't get out insane. of their own way sometimes. Oh man, I would be so mad if I was a Florida State fan. Like, what? Yeah. This is how are we getting punished for this? Like, right? This is crazy. Anyway, yeah. this is all gonna look very stupid when, in however much time, finally players are gonna be, yeah, getting a share of the revenue. But it is what it is. So, okay, moving on to uh, some personnel news. Quinn Ewers announced that he is returning to texas so that's big that's big he's Heading horny too SEC. by the way he's horny oh wow yeah, he's that's great i mean that according to the according to the pool winner he's he's horny. yeah good to hear good to hear <laughs> the sec better watch out watch yeah, out exactly <laughs> Those tight ends better watch out in the sec because oh we got a horny quinn yours oh my gosh uh, yeah but uh but no i mean it's interesting what that means for arch manning I, I would assume he'll just, you know, sit behind him another year and then hopefully be the guy in, in year three. But right. Texas is going to be, I would assume, you know, don't know all the returning production yet. Haven't dove into that, but I would assume they will be a top five team preseason. Next oh, yeah. Year. No, I'd be stoked on this news if I was a Texas fan. Um, Ohio State, they got Kansas State's Will Howard um, and so that's that's good that obviously really elevates their their floor in terms of um quarterback play that was a little yeah. bit obviously of a bugaboo and and now what it's kind of looking like too is they're they're keeping some pieces on uh not everyone's going pro they got a yeah. they buka back um they got what was it uh ward on the defense um mm-hmm. they've got, got offensive they, linemen yeah they got the alabama center who can't yeah snap it but i'm sure he'll do just fine at ohio state and then they got judkins from ole miss the running back so ryan days he's he's trying to do everything he can and they want they want to get back on back on top yeah the pressure is gonna be on ryan Day yeah. next year yeah the offense can't look like it did this past year no um okay last two pieces of news malachi nelson from usc transferring to boise state that's pretty crazy to see the wow he was one number ago. one overall recruit at least according to espn he was top five or ten everywhere and now year two he's going to be at at boise state so try and uh you know get some playing time next year and and uh see what happens yeah. caden salter 
who entered the transfer portal is decided to stay at Liberty. So huge for them. They are just going to dominate Conference USA and I would assume and uh I assume they ponied up, ponied up. To, yeah, to they, them. they got they some got pockets. some money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for checking out this episode of the College Football Bros. Thank you for uh listening in to us all season if you have and we will be back we'll be here in the off season we'll be back next week with another episode so we'll talk to you then another season in the books mike crazy yeah seven wait 2017 18 19 20 21 22 seven years 24 no this is our oh yeah yeah 23 yes this is our seventh season congrats to us yes bravo